So Judge is going to stick around for 2023, but they're moving him off the offensive side of the ball. That's what one of my team sources is, is telling me. He's going he's gonna to stop working with the offense. He's going to have a new focus. They've kind of outlined it for him, but nothing's like been made official to the whole team yet. Um, and then Patricia is, is trying to decide what he's going to do. Uh, a source told me that, you know, that, that, that they believe that the, the, the door is still open for Patricia to come back to New England if that's what he wants. But just like Judge, there's no room on, on the offensive side of the ball for Patricia anymore. Much more to get to on that topic and other storylines surrounding the Patriots and their competitors in the AFC East. But first and foremost, it's the Patriots Wire podcast. Welcome into the show. It's great to have you with us. Uh, it's Ryan O'Leary here playing host, joined as always by my good friend, Jordy McElroy. Jordy's the managing editor of USA Today's Patriots Wire. Jordy, how you doing, my friend? Uh, I think there was a news drop uh, right right before we hit record here. There's some there's some news you're covering on Patriots Wire this morning. Yeah, man, just just a little news. You know, I was I was just finishing up my first cup of coffee, Ryan, and all of a sudden, all hell broke loose. Tom Brady retiring, man. I don't know how to feel about it. No, me either. We have not. We've literally not processed that yet, but we're just going to do it in real time here, and we're going to do it with a special guest. It's actually a great time to have this guest with us, Jordy. Uh, he's a great friend of the show and to Patriots Wire for all of his work um, and analysis and content in the past. It's Henry McKenna. Henry's the AFC East writer for Fox Sports. Henry, man, it's been a while. It's great to have you uh, join the show with us. How are you, my friend? I'm good. It's awesome to be back. And I missed this podcast. I missed both you guys. And I missed uh, our audience. And um well, it's not my audience anymore. It's your audience. But yeah, it was uh, for those of you who are just new to me, I was the Patriots Wire managing editor and co-host of this podcast for a while and worked with Ryan a lot. Jordy and I worked together for a long time. Um, so it's cool. It's cool to see you guys running this podcast without me and probably doing a better job than I ever did anyway. So <laughs> uh, yeah, but thrilled and honored to be back and, and excited to, to have so much to talk about today. Uh, with Brady and and the AFC as, as a whole, it's it's, it's an interesting phase of the NFL schedule. What's your reaction, Henry? Just we we got this Brady news like an hour ago or whatever it was when he dropped the the video on social media, and I'll play the audio of it. It's only a minute long, so we can we can play it here in a minute. But what's just what's your knee jerk reaction to Brady dropping that bomb exactly a year to the day that he did this last year? Same time, right? Right before the Super Bowl, right? It's it's kind of uh, eerily similar to last year. Only this time, there's a finite uh, piece to it. Yeah, it was. I I mean, the, there's five percent of me that's like, huh, I wonder if he'll un- unretire. <laughs> you know what right, I mean? Yeah. Like, like he was kind of the boy who cried wolf. Now, and we've seen Brett Favre coming in and out of retirement at will. Um, but the ninety-five other percent of me wants to believe that this is for real and. Um, just like honor his career and, and honor what he, uh, was able to achieve. And, you know, everybody knows the accolades that he's, he's had and it's, uh, you'll see the list in, on Twitter and in, in every article that you read and, you know, on all these special NFL TV segments. And, um, but I think just generally like, uh, 
he was just, I've just finished a column writing about it. And I think generally he was just like the best decision the franchise ever made for the Patriots. I think he showed up in training camp and Robert Kraft supposedly had a conversation with Brady and Brady goes up to him in 2000. Brady's like, you know, late round draft pick. And he, he, Brady goes, I'm the best decision this franchise ever made. And Brady actually, Brady denies that that ever happened, but (laughs) I like, I think so. I think I saw like, you know, a few years ago, Brady was like, I don't remember that happening, but Kraft does. And um, so I think that's just like exemplary of, of, you know, it's come full circle now. It's like, even though Brady spent two years in Tampa, um, even though, you know, he left, it's still clear. In fact, it's even clearer in these two years without him that Brady is the best decision that the the franchise ever made. And Belichick made the decision, so he gets credit for it. Uh, but ultimately, you know, Brady Brady is the best thing that happened to the Patriots. Yeah, and it's interesting you brought up Twitter. Jordy um, has a post on Patriots Wire this morning, and, and fans could check this out. Uh, Twitter reacts strongly to Tom Brady's second retirement. It's a great way to see what... Uh, some former teammates, some guys around the league, some analysts are are saying about Brady. But uh, before we go any further, I just want to let's play the audio. This is the uh, this is the post that Tom Brady made across his um, social media platforms. It's less than a minute long, so let's just uh, listen to it. I will say this, guys. Uh, when I heard the news, I heard it secondhand. I didn't see the video right away. I just heard, okay, Brady's now done, and it, it's not like a wave of emotion hit me or anything. As a you know Patriots fan, somebody who lived those days as a fan. Uh, when I was in high school and college and the Pats, Pats are winning Super Bowls almost every year. It was like the, the best thing ever. Uh, it didn't really hit me until I heard the video. And let's let's just play the audio and, and folks will hear what I mean. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time. So when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So... Uh, won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me. My family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change thing love you all so jordy when uh when, when you hear tom like fighting back to tears on that message uh that's that's when it kind of hits you doesn't it yeah and i mean kind of to your point ryan like when I, when i first heard it i mean or sorry when i first read it you know i just i didn't feel anything at first you know i i don't, I don't know if a, a part of me was thinking he might pull a brett Favre, kind of like what henry was saying earlier you know he might come back because i did i thought he would come back this season and play again especially after seeing the way the stuff ended with the san francisco 49ers i thought he might have a chance to get in there or obviously las vegas or some of the other teams that were mentioned but you know when i actually when actually when i saw that twitter video i mean that that changed everything and you know, when he starts when he starts thanking, you know, his family and talking about how he loves his family and everything, and he starts talking about how he loves his teammates and the fans, and he kind of starts going down a list, and that crack in his voice happens. That's that that's that's when it hit me. That's when you realize, like, man, this is this is for real, man. You know, Tom Brady's really gone. And I can sit here and say, 
as a foot as a football fan for as long as I've been a real hardcore football fan, I've always I've always watched Tom Brady. You know, he's always been under center at quarterback for for the Patriots. Um, and it's just you know, it kind of brings everything full circle, and you and you realize how how lucky we've been. Yeah, you know, as fans, and not just as fans, you know, as media, being able to cover this guy, and and over the course of his career, this man has won seven Super Bowls. And I think back to 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 Joe Montana when he when he had four, and people thinking that you know that's impossible. You know, who's going to win four Super Bowls, right? And Tom Brady nearly he nearly doubles that, and it's it's just it's an incredible it's an incredible moment. The guy deserves his retirement. You know, he has nothing left to prove. He's the greatest player of all time not just the greatest quarterback you know his his career will last generations to come and it's incredible man I'm just I'm thankful to witness yeah 100% I'm I'm bummed out I don't think it's going to hit me until we're watching football without Brady uh even even though the Bucks completely sucked this year they were horrible and they're tough to watch <laughs> um I still was like really excited for that Cowboys Bucks playoff game. I could not wait for the game. I was all fired up. I'm like, let's go. I'm going to watch Tom stink it up again. This Bucks team's horrible, but let's go. And I was all fired up. I think, uh, I think it's definitely going to hit us um, when Tom Brady's not out there. And I think Henry now, it just kind of just had uh, to bring that game up. Didn't you? I just had yeah. to. Yeah. 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 I, I think <laughs> now we could just, we can move on. Right. Henry and, and all of us, we can move on. We don't have to speculate about where Brady's going to end up next. Is it with McDaniels? Is it with the Raiders? Is it with Miami? Is he coming back to the Patriots? Some Patriots fans love to kind of bring up on the radio shows, right? We can move on. We know um, Mac Jones is, is the guy for the Patriots now uh, for a lot of reasons. And I guess that's, I guess that's the good point is we can now just kind of move on uh, it sucks that Tom's gone, but we can now move on with our reality right, of where we're at going into 2023. Uh, Brady's not going to be playing for the Dolphins. He's not going to be playing for the Patriots. Uh, we, we can now move on and move forward with, um, you know, the personnel we have now and, and maybe the, the actual storylines that we have uh, circulating in the AFC East. Yeah, I mean, I should ask you, Ryan, like, as I heard Brady finish his little speech, speech he goes i love you all and i imagined you just being like i love you too Tom. <laughs> he was talking he, he was looking right into my eyes uh when he said yeah, that exactly because i'm looking oh. at jordy's uh post and the the uh, tweets embedded in the post and it's literally tom's big eyes just stare, the blue eyes staring right at me saying i love you ryan <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i don't know i don't know if you can move on i don't know if the nfl can move on i don't know if anyone can move on tom brady lives uh, and breathe in this in this league, even after he's gone. From sounds like he's dead, but like even after he's retired. Um, so yeah, I mean it will be interesting, um, and it would be nice too. For example, like if Mahomes wins his second Super Bowl this uh, in ten days or whatever it is, and because he really is, in my opinion, the next the next goat. Like, there's really no doubt he's just at a whole different level. And this season, you know, I'm going to write about this a little bit, but this season was sort of a special year for him where you lose Terry Kill and he really doesn't have that good of a supporting cast this year. And all of a sudden, you know, he's still throwing for over 40 touchdowns. He's still, you know, leading the NFL in, in so many different categories. He's still even with a high ankle sprain, getting through the championship game, 
And uh, so it's it's cool. It would be kind of poetic to see Mahomes take take another Super Bowl uh, in the same you know 10, 10 day span as Brady retiring. Kind of kind of a nice full circle moment. But either way, I think Mahomes is the, the next guy. So that'll that'll be the guy that Brady's probably watching <laughs> to see how. No doubt. Of, yeah, uh, it, it does feel like a passing of the torch kind of thing, right? Like where a lot of people were saying maybe Brady wants to respond to Mahomes because you know Mahomes is having he's putting together in his first five years in the league he's putting together a Brady esque kind of resume. Not quite as good yet, but. Uh, it's Brady-esque, right? He's doing things that we're not used to seeing, getting to the AFC Championship game every single year, getting to Super Bowls, winning a Super Bowl this young. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, Brady's going to respond, right? That's that's the thing. It's Brady's legacy against Mahomes, and he's kind of like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Go ahead, Patrick. Go ahead, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. Like, you guys, you guys got this. <laughs> I'm getting my ass kicked here. You know what I mean? It does feel like a passing of the torch kind of moment to the new, the, the next generation. So let's talk about the AFC East a little bit, Henry. That's what you cover now for Fox Sports. Uh, Jordy and I, we, we love hitting on all these different topics. And I want to get into a lot of the Patriots stuff. Obviously, Billy O'Brien in. Uh, I want to talk about what's next for Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. I know you have some um, info that you want to share with us on that. So we'll get to that as well. But obviously, there's, there's storylines all abound in this division. The Jets just hired Nathaniel Hackett, who was that dude was a complete disaster in Denver. Holy crap. And they hired Nathaniel. I think they they interviewed what? What was it, Jordan? Was it 15 different uh, offensive coordinators the Jets interviewed? Um, they end up going with Nathaniel Hackett. Why? Be- presumably because they want to be in the market for Aaron Rodgers, right? So there's that with the Jets. There's the Dolphins. They're keeping Tua. Maybe adding Vic Fangio. It's between the Saints and the Dolphins as we speak right now, I guess. Uh, but Vic Fangio as the defensive coordinator in Miami would be huge. I think he's he's really, really good. And you got the Bills, of course, the Bills, who, I mean, continue to chase that Super Bowl. And they they seem like they're that team every year, but they just keep falling short for a multitude of reasons. What what storyline is sticking out to you the most, Henry? The obvious one is Aaron Rodgers, because if he shows up in New York and joins Nathaniel Hackett, it really changes the complexion of. That's my gut reaction. At least uh, changes the complexion of the AFC East. But then, then you really think about it, and you're like, okay, but is is uh, Rogers really like a winner? You know what I mean? Like he's an MVP guy, but is he a Super Bowl guy? I don't know. And um, you see a lot of his teams fizzle in the playoffs. See a lot of his teams not make the playoffs. He outwardly comes off as very self interested, and so I don't know. I, I think like. If I'm being like insider Fox Sportsy, Henry, I actually want to give like a bit of a contrarian pick, and that's Fangio going to Miami because we saw a lapse in quality in Miami throughout the season. Obviously, they came out to that super hot start, and then they absolutely skidded into the postseason with quarterback issues, with defensive issues, and at one point they seemed better than the bills and then they didn't. And, and I think if Fangio shows up and makes this defense, you know, what it could be, which if healthy, it wasn't healthy. The players weren't healthy last year, but if they, if they're healthy, they could be like a top 10 defense. And if they're a top 10 defense and McDaniel does, does better things and Tua, you know, hopefully doesn't deal with as many concussions. Then this team is, 
one of the best in the AFC, just like they were for those first 11 games. So, you know, think, think about what Wade Phillips did for Sean McVay in LA. That was a special combination of coaching talent. And I think Fangio could be similar, right? Like where um, you have this combination of really experienced elite defensive coaching and Fangio and really young, energetic and innovative energy from McDaniel. And that could be pretty special for the Dolphins. That could, that could be enough, like in theory with a healthy Tua, that could be enough to make them the number one team in the division. And so that's like the sneaky one. I would say that people aren't really talking enough about. Yeah. I like that one a lot. That's why I brought it up. I thought, I think Fangio going to Miami as a defensive coordinator, as a Pats fan, that would worry me. Um, what do you think, Jordy? What storyline jumps out the, the most to you in the division? Is it Pats O'Brien, Jets, Rogers, Dolphins, Fangio, Bills, just being a favorite every year and not getting over the hump? Like, what, What's interesting you the most? Well, I mean, obviously being the Patriots person, it's, 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 it's Pats O'Brien. And, you know, I look at that Patriots defense and how well that they those guys played last season or still still this season. But, you know, it was that defense. I, I've I've been saying it from the beginning, Ryan. You've heard me. You know, that that's a, that was a Super Bowl defense. I think the Patriots had a Super Bowl defense this year. You know, unfortunately, the offense was an absolute train wreck, which we kind of all saw coming uh, in preseason as, as they were struggling to try to try to get things together. And obviously storylines coming out now and we see how bad things really were on that side of the ball. But Bill O'Brien coming back to the Patriots, you know, with a familiarity with the team and Belichick and and Mac Jones and being able to get in there and get under the hood and fix some things and and actually having a competent offense to hopefully pair along with that defense and maybe going out there and adding a big free agent. You know, I'm still still holding out hope for for possibly a big DeAndre Hopkins trade. We'll see what happens there, see if the Patriots are in on that action. And if you get a guy like that over there and the offense improves and the defense stays consistent, the Patriots could be in business. But I do like what Henry was saying about the Miami Dolphins, you know, with, with, the, with the Vic Fangio at, at, on defense there. That, that's a scary team in the making over there. Obviously, you know, there's always going to be some questions and concerns, and we all hope Tua can stay healthy for the season. Because if he can, that that's a dangerous team for, for everyone in the, in the division. And, and then you look at the Jets, you know, trying to go out and get Hackett, who couldn't hack it as a head coach out there in Denver. Maybe he can hack it. Hack it back in back in New York, and maybe they can get Aaron Rodgers over there to <laughs> <laughs> to help to help lead that team to to something. But to Henry's point, Aaron Rodgers is you know he's I've always I've always believed that the guy's an incredible talent. You know he's arguably one of the top five greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. But at the same time, just there's always been some leadership questions there. You know as talented as he is and as talented as some of the teams he's been on, he hasn't been able to lead those teams over the hump. So, I mean, do you really think he's going to be able to join game green and he's going to lead the jets over the hump, man, I, I wouldn't put my money on, on that situation. And then obviously the bills, that team's always going to be in the mix. I get, they've struggled. You know, they haven't been able to get back to the super bowl, but still when you have Josh Allen, you always have a shot. They got knocked off by a damn good Cincinnati Bengals team that possibly should have beaten the Chiefs, you know, if not for that for that boneheaded penalty at the end of the game. Would have been interesting to see what would have happened if that game went into overtime. I'm a big believer in Joe Burrow and what those guys are doing over there. 
So, yeah, the AFC East is getting scary, man. A division we used to laugh at years ago is not so funny anymore, is it? No, it's not. And uh, I think the, the on the Patriots side of it, Jordy, um, I, the, the question I wanted to pose to you guys is are the Patriots problem solved with O'Brien, right? Because I agree with you. The defense is the least of my concerns, especially with Gerard Mayo staying in house. I think the defense will be fine. It's the offense, right? It's the, it's Mac Jones. It's the offense. It, that's been obviously the problem. They got their guy, Billy O'Brien. That's great. It, it always made the most sense. I think Henry, you wrote a column about how O'Brien made the most sense when they were going through their offensive coordinator candidates in their search he made the most sense last year too, right? So, I mean, Billy O'Brien always made the most sense. I can't help but roll my eyes a little bit when we get all this talk about, oh, we're gonna we're gonna do an offensive coordinator search, and the Patriots were very uh, very PR conscious, letting the fans know we're gonna do this big search. And they they conduct interviews with Nick Cayley, who uh, Belichick. You know, we all know he likes to promote from within over some outside hire. Cayley was the only coach, as Henry you wrote on on Fox Sports. He was the only coach that Belichick blocked from leaving when McDaniels went to Vegas. So it seemed like Kaylee would be in line for potentially a promotion, but they picked Patricia over him. So that was uh, okay. Uh, Adrian Clem, uh, Clem, I'm sorry, uh, former Patriots draft pick, Sean Jefferson, who, guys, when I was a kid, I used to have the, the stuffed football. I used to pretend I was Sean Jefferson jumping on my bed, catching touchdowns. <laughs> I love Sean Jefferson, but I, I just I barely knew he was in the league coaching with the Cardinals, right? Keenan McCardell was like, huh, what? So I just kind of rolled my eyes a little bit with some of these, some of these interviews they conducted. Cause I didn't think any of them were super serious until they eventually landed on O'Brien. And I was like, Oh, that's the guy all along. It just, I don't know as the, I could have been the GM and hired Billy O'Brien and said, yep, that was the guy. You know what I mean? I just can't help but roll my eyes. You didn't think Keenan McCardell was going to get there? No, for some reason, I just did not take that one seriously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it kind of felt like, I mean, in, in ways it feels like Belichick was kind of doing some of these guys some favors, you know, kind of getting them out, getting their name out there and bringing them in and, you know, interviewing, interviewing a lot of guys he probably didn't plan on hiring. But, you know, at, at, the, at the end of the day, we all saw Bill O'Brien was was obviously the most experienced option to go with at that at, at that position and I don't, I don't know if I would, if I would just go out there and say that all of the Patriots' problems are, are are solved necessarily. They still have to go out there and they've they've got some holes to fix, right? Like especially, especially the offensive tackle position. You know, Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn, those guys were up and down. Isaiah Wynn's probably gone um, after after this season, uh, ugly season there for him. Couldn't stay healthy, and obviously the penalties, man. Oh my gosh, I probably banged my head against the wall so many times. Because of Isaiah Wynn, more more than you banged your head over Miles Bryant, Ryan. It was that, <laughs> it was that, that situation was with me. <laughs> yeah, no, I but yeah, that. offensive tackle is obviously a trouble spot. Like I said earlier, I'd love to see those guys go out there and and, and bring in a number one receiver. Man, is we talk about this every year. It seems like with the Patriots, like who's that game wrecker? Who's who's that guy that defenses have to account for that that could potentially take the top off the defense? Is it Tyquan Thornton? I don't know. I mean, we haven't really seen that yet. And, and and maybe some of that's not his fault. I mean, the guy's he's a rookie playing in Matt Patricia's offense. So so who knows there what he could be? You know, I've I've seen some promising things from him that, that really excite me. I love I love his speed and 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 his ability to separate at times. But I I, I would still love to see that team go out there and get a true a, a true game breaker there on the outside. Hopefully, like a DeAndre Hopkins or something like that. But yeah, Patriots still—they've got some work to do. You know, Bill O'Brien—he's here. It's great. That's the first. 
that's the first big domino to fall, but there's still many more to come. Yeah, Henry, yeah. One, one thing you wrote about was underutilized players on the Patriots offense. And does that get fixed when Billy O'Brien comes in for Matt Patricia? You know what I mean? Like guys like Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton, who Jordy was just talking about, who got a ton of snaps, uh, but didn't have a ton of production, right? Um, the tight ends, <laughs> uh, Johnny Smith. I mean, my gosh, the underutilized guys that are getting a lot of money. Does that narrative start to change under O'Brien? Do you think that that fixes? Yeah, it's a good question. I think the one thing that we haven't really discussed is whether Mac Jones is the guy. And we saw in year one, this sort of like, maybe he's going to be the guy. And at the end of the year, I was like, Ryan, like, just remember, like, Baker Mayfield had a pretty good rookie year. (laughs) Sam Darnold had a pretty good rookie year. We don't know what happens after good rookie years because it can go a million different ways. And um, so we saw a really bad year from Mac Jones. And, you know, as you both referenced, like there were circumstances where he was not necessarily being lifted up. But the best quarterbacks in the NFL lift themselves up and they lift around their supporting cast. So the question is whether you know, Mac Jones needs to be in the perfect position to succeed or whether he will eventually succeed despite his position. And um, we'll find out, I think, this year whether Mac's the guy uh, because O'Brien, in theory, should be, you know, elevating Jones to a place where he's comfortable again and maybe even, you know, I don't want to say dominant necessarily, but... It all, it all goes back to the quarterback. I mean, think about Brady. Think about Mahomes, right? I, I've, the guys we, I've been talking about earlier, it's like, you know, the, does it really matter necessarily, like, who their coordinator is? Because they just, they just win. And, I mean, those are, like, the greatest players in the league. So not a fair comparison. But Jones really needs to be the guy that lifts those skill players around him. Um, O'Brien can only do so much. And um, so it will be interesting to see whether Matt Jones, you know, gets the tight ends more involved. Like, I don't think that's going to happen because <laughs> John Smith is just not the guy. But, um, you know, Hunter Henry had a really good year two years ago and disappeared last year because of the uh, offensive issues. So can he come back a little bit? Does Taekwon Thornton look like a second round draft pick instead of a like anonymous nobody. Um, uh, and Kendrick Bourne, does he start to have a, you know, another more productive year where, where he looks like a useful player on offense rather than a forgotten one. So I think it all comes back to Mac Jones and that's, that's really what's going to happen. And yeah, like, do I think the Patriots would benefit and can they afford to acquire a guy like DeAndre Hopkins? Definitely. Like, I think that would make a lot of sense even though he's on the older side, um, they are in a position where they can like financially afford to bring him in, in sort of like a rare situation. And, and rather than like, you know, a few years ago when they spent a bunch of money in a bunch of different places, just to see what might stick, you know, they, they really, I don't think they could, they can be too happy with how they spent their money in 2021 between Janu and Henry and Hunter Henry and, um, Nelson Aguilar, who's definitely gone this offseason, and Kendrick Bourne. Like, those four talents, like, wouldn't you prefer just to have acquired, like, DeAndre Hopkins or, like, A.J. Brown or whatever? Like, you know what I mean? It's just 
I think they, they hopefully will learn from their mistakes and just go out and get a guy, the guy. And then they really know. They know that Mac Jones is either their quarterback or not their quarterback. And and then in 2024, they'll have, you know, the the right information to decide if they're going to keep going with Mac Jones or if they're going to be, uh, if they're going to, you know, start looking for or even just acquire a new, a new quarterback. You want to know what hurt the most out of what you just said? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> the fact that John o. Smith isn't a guy and he's coming with a $17 million cap hit in 2023. Oh, man, I know. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah. He, he is, his contract is a disaster. And they restructured it, too, last uh-huh. off. It was like there were so many deals that they could have restructured, like Judon or Hunter Henry, of players who are, like, actually good. And they were like, no, no, we're going to take the the – <laughs> the second worst, I don't know, you could argue that Nelson Aguilar is the worst. You could argue that John is the worst. We're going to take one of our worst contracts on the entire team, and we're going to make it worse in the future. <laughs> like, what were they thinking? I don't know. Uh, poor Johnu Smith. He's like out there with two left feet. It's crazy. And they got to scheme up every play to him. It's like a, a perfectly designed, nothing gets done on his own. It's like nothing's ad-libbed out there. Why can't he just be like Travis Kelsey, guys? Because nobody ever covers Travis Kelsey. He's always wide open. That's why Pat Mahomes doesn't need any receivers. Uh, can't he just be Gronk? Exactly, yeah. That's what we needed. Um, it is interesting. The Pats, like, it's weird that the Patriots drafted a quarterback at Mac Jones in the first round, and he's going to have a, a new play caller for the third time in as many years, right? That's just not usually Patriots, right? They usually have stability. Uh, they usually Their quarterback's not usually learning a new offense every single year. Um, it's just, we're just so used to like stability, Brady, same offensive system, years, 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 and years, right? It's just like, it's so different to see us grooming this young quarterback and everything's different for him. But one thing that you've written about a lot about Jordy on Pat's wire is like, uh, it's, you know, maybe Belichick sounds noncommittal at times to Mac and his, uh, you know, his pressers, but he definitely has the players in the locker room, right? They all seem to be committed. I mean, every time... Patriots players have a chance to jump on social media and tell us how much they love Mac Jones. They seem to do it with their favorite emojis or whatever. Um, you know, maybe trolling fans a little bit who are, you know, chanting zappy or have a zappy jersey on. You know what I mean? Like it's it's pro Mac. It's pro Mac in that locker room. And, you know, to Henry's point there, it feels like when you bring in Billy O'Brien, that's arrow pointing up on Mac Jones, right? That's saying we're going to at least go forward with Mac Jones and see if he's the guy, right? Those hoping that the Patriots would trade Mac or trade for Aaron Rodgers or sign Tom Brady or all this other you know wild scenarios that people bring up in the offseason, which are fun to talk about. That's all out the window now with O'Brien, right? Because he's a Belichick connection, but he's also a Mac Jones connection with Alabama and some similarities he could bring from that program to this one. Like it just makes too much sense for those two to work together. So uh, you, you got to feel like, as Henry was saying, push forward with Mac Jones, see what you got. Yeah, man. And I mean, the players love Mac Jones, man. You you hear all these all these nicknames, you know, Mac and Cheese, Mac Daddy. I've seen that one. Mac you know, yeah. And you know what? What I need Mac Jones to do, I need him to go full Kirk Cousins and get him like a Mac Daddy chain. Like he's got to do it, man. He's got to do it this season. But but, you know, the, the players, they obviously they see what's going on behind the scenes. And and, you know, and that that incredible piece. From Boston Herald, you know Andrew Callahan and and Karen Garagian, like it was it was an incredible piece that gave us like an insight into what's going on behind behind closed doors there in Foxborough. And the players they have to see it right. They have to see this offense struggling, 
and Mac Jones just trying to do what he can with, with Matt Patricia at the helm of everything. So I think that's, that speaks volumes with, with guys constantly coming to his defense. You know, these guys believe in him. And obviously, we'll find out this year. I think this is, this is Mac Jones's make-or-break year. There's no more excuses. You know, Matt Patricia's gone. And obviously, it's been, it's, it's been rocky, right? He's had – this is his third different offensive coordinator and a third different – quarterbacks coach in like the last in all three years that he's been in the NFL so it's going to be interesting so this he he has to make something happen here especially if the Patriots go out and they get that game-breaking receiver like a DeAndre Hawkins like what we're talking about then he would have it he would have the receiver he'll have the offensive coordinator the running game's already set so man you got to make some stuff happen here here Mac and you know I'll I'm not sure where I stand on all of this. I just I kind of want to sit and see. I I like Mac Jones. I don't know if I love Mac Jones, but 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 this year this year maybe I love him. Maybe I love. Maybe I can look him in his eyes and say I love you like like you do Brady. Right? Like Tom said to me, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we all know what Mac's trajectory is. Uh, we all know that he's the guy for now. I don't think any of us like you're saying, Jordy, are super married to him. I'm Team Mac, but I'm also not like the most confident person in the world that he is the the future franchise quarterback of the Patriots. I just, I'm not sure, but uh, I'm with you. I'm still team Mac. I still think enough of him. I want to see what it looks like in 2023 with a, a stable operation again. Uh, now going back to that Harold piece a little bit, Henry was not a good look for Joe judge. Obviously Matt Patricia, not a good look for those guys. And that Harold piece, we all knew it. Um, you know, we didn't even have to be an insider like you to know it. Just watching from the outside. We're like, this is incompetent. Uh, well, what's what's next for those guys? Judge Patricia, uh, you know, we know Patricia's gone as offensive coordinator, but we don't know if he's gone, gone, right? Maybe they, maybe he slithers back in behind the scenes to the, like the Ernie Adams role, right? Like, what's next for Joe Judge? We know these are Bill Belichick buddies. Uh, what are you hearing? What's next for those guys? Yeah, so Judge is going to stick around for twenty twenty three, but they're moving him off the offensive side of the ball. That's what one of my team sources is is telling me. He's going he's gonna to stop working with the offense. He's going to have a new focus. They've kind of outlined it for him, but nothing's like been made official to the whole team yet. Um, and then Patricia is, is trying to decide what he's going to do. Uh, a source told me that, you know, that, that, that they believe that the, the, the door is still open for Patricia to come back to New England if that's what he wants. But just like Judge... There's no room on on the offensive side of the ball for Patricia anymore. So it would be a matter about outlining a new role for him. And like you said, the most natural one, at least from my perspective, is putting him back into a football advisor, a football researcher type role, Ernie Adams, or or just like an odd job type job that um, the Patriots tend to offer coaches who are kind of in weird spots in their career. But I also know that Patricia's was the the season took a psychological toll on him. The immense scrutiny and intense criticism has led him to question whether he wants to continue coaching. So I know teams have called him and other members of the Patriots to inquire about whether Patricia wants to be a defensive coordinator and um, he has not seemingly chased down these leads super aggressively. So um, he's kind of deciding his future. Does he want to be 
you know, in New England for another year and, and sort of fade into the background a little bit? Um, or is he planning to spend a year away from football or many years away from football or retire? Or is he going to go be a defensive coordinator? I don't know where the interest is coming from exactly, like if it's NFL or if it's college. Um, so that might be like a, a question for him is like, does he really want to go to college level or, or are there NFL teams interested in him? Um, but certainly Patricia's at a bit more of a crossroads and judge has a little more stability uh, with the organization. Obviously he wasn't an offensive guy. So to kind of see him put in that position, I mean, it, it's almost like, I mean, the guy was kind of set up to fail, fail in my opinion, because I mean, he, no, no one expected the offense to really go anywhere under him, and and obviously they were just kind of making the best of a the best of a of a bad situation. So it, it's tough for me to see him undergo that sort of scrutiny to the point where, like Henry said, he'd be at a crossroads and think about retiring because I think he's a hell of a defensive coach. I mean, he's done some great things in New England there for the years. So you know, I hope I, I hope I hope he's able to continue, but. If he needs to step away for right now, that's totally understandable. But I just, I just think that's really sad, man. Jordy, this is why we need to have Henry on the the podcast way more often. It's because you just got like three different Patriots Wire posts out of this uh, conversation, <laughs> right? Henry's dropping, exactly. he's dropping news. He's dropping news here. Uh, so just react to some of that stuff that uh, Henry just said. Like uh, Patricia, not sure if he wants to coach anymore because of the emotional toll. Um, you just hit on that, but what about Judge? Like Judge sticking around. Uh, what'd you say, Henry? Is it special teams that they're going to look at him? You said not offense. Yeah, they're taking him off offense. His his role has not been like made official with the rest of the team yet. So okay, got it's, you. it's kind of like in the process of being being officialized. I, I can't say exactly what his role will be yet. Okay, so Judge sticks around, even though it, it seemed from that Herald article that everybody hated him. <laughs> so even Belichick at times, Judge sticks around. Patricia, a big question mark. What's your reaction to that, Jordy? I mean, ob- obviously something was going to get done about Cam Record after <laughs> after the special teams blunders the Patriots right. have, yeah. have yeah endured over the season. It was not not good at all. You know, the Patriots are known for having good special teams, and to see the to see them struggle the way that they the way that they did, I. I I think that there was time for a change there. So, yeah, I mean, I think Judge, Joe Judge can do a great job in that position. You know, just keep him in that keep him in that position. Let's keep the <laughs> offensive play call sheet out of his hands. And yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Now, Henry, I want to ask you what you think the long term plans for O'Brien is in New England, and this kind of goes back to some of that Gerard Mayo stuff. Because if Gerard Mayo has replaced Josh McDaniels as the quote-unquote next-in-line guy, so should Belichick, you know, abruptly retire or encounter some health issues now that he's like in, into his seventies or whatever and has to step away for a time, we would imagine it would be Gerard Mayo stepping in. So what's in it for O'Brien, right? He doesn't like he doesn't owe New England anything, right? He's already done this job at a high level. He's been the head coach at Penn State. He was the head coach with the Texans. Uh, now he's back. It seems like he's back. What's his motive, right? Is he does he want to be a head coach in the NFL again? Is he doing the Patriots a solid? Uh, it's not like he owes the Pats anything, like I said. So what's what's in it for O'Brien? What's the long term, you know, trajectory from him in your estimation? Yeah, it's a good question. I think the reason why we were talking about, you know, Keenan McCardell and other candidates the Patriots interviewed in their OC search 
I think the reason why they interviewed, you know, multiple people and different people was they they, they weren't sure they were going to get O'Brien. Um, I think he was trying to see, you know, whether he could do better than New England because it's really not that good of a landing spot other than, you know, he's going to have job security with Bill Belichick. Otherwise, like, what's – honestly, what is there to like about this situation? It looked like an absolute disaster last year. Why feels would like he's doing them a solid. Guy, yeah, it feels like he's doing them a solid. Yeah, so um, I, I'm not sure they were super certain they get him. They got him. He's probably going to be here for hopefully two years. Like, I think he – the Patriots didn't want to hire him last year because – I forget who reported this, but but someone reported that they didn't want him last year because they were – I think it was Breer, Albert Breer. They were afraid that he was going to just one and done them. He was going to go from Alabama to New England, somewhere else as a head coach. So I wonder if there was some sort of like discussion between Belichick and O'Brien that was like, hey, let's have, you know, let's have you here for two years. Just like we need some stability. There's been too much turnover. We're going to give you, no matter what happens in 2023, we're going to need you for 2024. So um, I'm just totally guessing, not educated. that maybe that's in play here. So, but then after, you know, a two year handshake agreement, then, you know, I don't know that, I mean, Gerard Mayo might have a head coaching job next year. And how long does Belichick want to coach? I don't know. So maybe O'Brien, if Mayo clears out, maybe Bill O'Brien is, is feeling like he could line up uh, his next head coaching job in New England. But I think O'Brien still has some work to do before he's like another head coaching candidate. So he goes to new England. If he rebuilds this offense in a year or two, then maybe he's back in the mix. Um, this is a long winded saying way of saying, I really don't know what happens next for O'Brien. And it really depends upon, you know, 2023 and what he can do with Mac Jones. And, and maybe, like I said, if it's a two year handshake, it'll, it'll depend upon 2024 as well. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's like, you know, the offense-defense thing, right? We're seeing these offensive-minded uh, head coaches dominate in the league. You look at the Final Four this year, Jordy, Andy Reid, Nick Sirianni, Zach Taylor. Uh, who am I missing? Who is the other one? Um, they're all offensive-minded coaches. And even the guys up for Coach of the Year, Doug Peterson. Oh, Kyle Shanahan was the other one. Uh, Doug Peterson, Brian Dayball, all offensive-minded guys. There's not a lot of defensive-minded defensive background kind of coaches um, doing their thing these days. And it's like, what's the better one long-term? Is it Gerard Mayo with the defensive background? He was a great leader for the Patriots, a guy we all love. Or is Billy O'Brien a better long-term prospect for the Patriots as maybe the next guy, right? Like we all thought it was McDaniels for a while until McDaniels got tired of waiting for Belichick to catch Shula, right? Uh, so what, what do you think? Is it Gerard Mayo? Is it Billy O'Brien? What's your take on that? I mean, it's it's always ever changing the the way that the way the league works, you know. As I mean, for me for me personally, I, I'm I'm still on the Gerard Mayo bandwagon. Um, you know, he's he's been there for so long. He's learned directly under Bill. He's kind of been there every step of the way, both as a player, as a coach, and as a coach. And I feel like Bill trusts him. Bill's kind of bringing him in, bringing him in. Obviously, it was reported that Bill had him in on the some of the, on the offensive coordinator interviews and stuff like that so I feel like he's a guy that Bill Bill really trusts to to be able to hand that torch over as the next guy and he's been in a locker room with a 
with a lot of those guys and a lot of those guys look up to him and they respect him. And for, for me, for me, yeah, it's Gerard Mayo. I'm kind of with Henry. I don't think, I mean, I don't think Bill O'Brien is here longer than two years. If he re, if he's able to kind of rebuild, rebuild the Patriots offense and he's able to get a head coaching opportunity, that's obviously an if thrown in there. So, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. He just kind of seems like a guy that's destined to do something elsewhere. I'm more of the, of the belief Bill's going to stick around and try to try to try to knock off that Don Shula record. Definitely, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that record knocked off there, solidify himself as the greatest coach in NFL history, and then and then possibly ride off into the sunset there. Assuming he's not coaching until he's 80, they might will Bill out there. So who <laughs> who knows what happens there? <laughs> but, but yeah, Gerard Mayo is obviously that's 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 my pick. For the next head coach for the Patriots, and and I kind of I kind of hope he sticks around. And he's able to, to to pick up that mantle that Bill leaves for him. Yeah, I like that. Gerard Mayo is the next guy, and O'Brien's doing us a solid and using this as a stepping stone for whatever comes next. That that feels right, um, but who the hell knows? So I think we hit a lot of the topics we wanted to hit here, Henry. It was great to have you on. I want to know, like, what have you liked most about the new the new role? I know Patriots Wire. And what you're doing now for Fox is is totally different, right? You're kind of like, like you said, you're just you just drop news on the show uh, about Judge and Patricia, which I, you know, we appreciate you for. Uh, you're in there, you're talking to sources, you're dropping news. I know you did a little bit of that for Patriots Wire, but Patriots Wire is really, I always kind of pictured it as kind of like the AP Wire, where you could log on and see what all the the latest news on a sp- specific topic was. But I'm, you know, I'm a newspaper guy, so I was always used to pulling up the AP Wire when I wanted to find a story about something. And you just had all these different articles that the AP would spit out at you. It, that's kind of what Patriots Wire was, right? You were kind of reporting on the reports, but now you, you you've changed hats a little bit, and now you're doing the reporting and and doing getting in there and doing that thing. What's been the biggest change? What have you liked about the move? Oh man, yeah, it's been really great. Um, obviously, I, I had such a good time at Patriots Wire and at USA Today and at For the Win, which was another property I wrote for, another website I wrote for while I was at Gannett. Um, but just, uh, yeah, I think I have a lot of uh, time and freedom to, to pursue stories deeply. So, yeah, for the, like the, the Patricia Judge story that I wrote, I was able to get on the phone and talk to sources a little bit to help inform the opinion and the news that I was writing and I'll be, I'm generally able to um, spend more time reporting each story. I mean, at Patriots Wire, I had to write generally like somewhere around like three to, you know, eight articles a day, often very short. And um, like you said, very newsy or instant analysis and I think that's like a tremendous service to the fans and you can feel really connected with them in a very like timely and reactive and like measurable way. Um, and it's awesome. And, and I miss that. Uh, uh, but the, the sort of flip side of, of my schedule now is I, I get to think about, you know, one layer deeper or one layer higher uh, uh, where I'm seeing you know, a specific tree in the forest or I'm pulling out and I'm seeing the forest, you know, with the trees. And so I get to try and find things that people aren't talking about or should be talking about more, or I try and uncover information 
you know, that uh, is not yet out there. And um, it's just a different style of reporting that has helped me. It's challenged me in a lot of ways because I can, I'm, I'm building a new skill set. Um, and, and it's also just been like really refreshing to have the, the freedom to tell my boss, Hey, I'm going to spend, you know, the whole day writing this one story. And they're like, Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. That's, that's your job now. So go for it. Um, so yeah, it's been good. Uh, and, and hopefully I'll be like launching a podcast next season. I'll be involved a little bit on video for the Fox sports digital website, um, which everybody should go to. And, and you can actually download the app. You can follow me specifically as a writer um on the app and on the website so that you're up to date with my my daily coverage of the entire afc east um follow me on twitter at mckenna analysis or just search henry mckenna uh in the search bubble and yeah that's uh that's sort of the the new life right now is is these um these deeply reported sort of longer form daily features Okay, that's good. I was wondering how uh, folks can uh, follow your content now because I just go, I just Google Henry McKenna Fox Sports and that's how I get your articles. But I'm going to do the app thing and do that. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to download the app on my phone. Um, Even though I have to stomach all your Jets articles, Henry, I forgive you for that. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> we fun. did a good job not talking about the Jets. <laughs> oh, I you. didn't even mean to do that, but I forgot that you texted me. Don't talk about the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I was joking. I was joking. But I know, so I, I think know. it's it's a it's a perfect role for you. I'm I'm super excited for you. I know uh, Jordy is as well. And speaking of Jordy, I mean, if you had to leave Henry, if you had to leave Patriots Wire, I'm very glad that you you know played GM and you pulled the trade off with what what was it Vikings Wire pulled the trade off for Jordy. Yep. Yeah, but we yep. you had to make sure. It's almost like, you know, the compensation for Sean Payton for Denver. You know what I mean? Like you had to make sure you pulled off that trade. And uh, I think we're all grateful for it because Jordy is the man. And we're, we've all fallen in love with his his crazy one-liners during these shows. He comes up with some that I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was such a great line by Jordy. And, uh, you know, ones that I wouldn't have thought of. Um, his Thanksgiving meal was so fun to listen to. I, that was one of my favorite episodes we've done. <laughs> And uh, I don't know. I just he he has he has the he is the sexiest accent covering the Patriots. I think it's fair to say that. I have said that on the air. <laughs> that is safe to say. <laughs> yeah, that, that country accent, man. But man, Henry, I, like I, I owe Henry a lot. Um, Henry and and obviously Teron Davenport. You know, Teron actually he gave me my first opportunity with with Eagles Wire, and I remember him. He was actually he was on the phone with me, and it was just you know just a, just a contributor role. And, you know, he, he told me he told me that that, you know, I can get whatever I make of this role, basically, you know, just telling me if I worked hard, you know, that maybe I could work my way up to being an editor one day. And, you know, and then obviously I was a huge Patriots fan and, and Henry gave me the opportunity to come over to Pat's Wire and contribute and contribute for those guys with all the other writing things I was doing. And, you know, I just I really appreciate you, Henry. And, you know, I appreciate the opportunity and, and I appreciate you for believing in me. And I'm just trying to trying to do you proud, man. Uh, yeah, I mean it's hard not to believe in you, right? I mean, I think uh, it, Tehran opened the door for you, and uh, it was uh, it was natural to watch you develop as a writer in in all of the capacities that you were working at the USA Today NFL Wire Network. So. Yeah, I mean everything that you did was deserved, and and everything you got was deserved. So 
it was like, you know, I didn't do that much. You did everything. And and I just made sure that <laughs> you were getting more responsibility. <laughs> I knew that you would do well with it. Um, and, and that's just how, it, you know, it should go. So, yeah. And like Ryan said, like, it was, it was no stress handing over Patriots wire to you. Uh, you know, it was, I think like in some cases I might've been worried, Hey, what, what would, you know, what happens when you leave a property? Cause I started it from day one and with the network. And so you're like, ah, kind of have some sentimental. It's, it's your baby. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I was pleased to, to have you take over the keys. About to have me cry like Brady, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Getting emotional here. I love it. It's it's perfect. That's that's you know kind of the industry we work in. And uh, but Jordy, I mean, you got about fifteen articles, as Henry kind of alluded to earlier. Uh, you got like fifteen articles on Brady to write. So I guess we got we got to wrap this up, right? You got you got work to do, man. You got work time, to do. Time to work, man. Time to work. <laughs> it's time to go to work, uh, guys. I really enjoyed getting the three of us together. It's something. Jordy and I would would re- literally Henry we would stop recording for the you know that week's show and then we'd be like we gotta get Henry on oh yeah yeah we gotta get Henry on and then I'm just so bad at it that um, we never made it happen but uh, this was so much fun to do and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have you on more often my friend yeah anytime all right I love it for Henry McKenna and Jordy McElroy I'm Ryan O'Leary I hope you enjoyed that podcast as much as I did we'll be back later in the off season to break down more Patriots news we'll catch you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.